Greetings, comrades, and welcome to the Eastern Border. I'm sorry if I sound a bit silly. Once again, it's just uh, my nose just refuses to leave me alone. But I still have some news to tell you about, because interesting stuff has been happening. Mahmoud's still silent, so the front line hasn't changed much, but uh, everyone's preparing from the, for the counteroffensive. However, before we get into that stuff, I'd like to inform you that we recently had a conversation, interesting one, with uh, Zach, whose surname I won't even try to pronounce, because I get it wrong all the time, uh, from When Diplomacy Fails podcast. We had a nice conversation, and then at the end we thought about that maybe we will even cooperate in some future episodes, which would then be about how the smaller nations actually function inside the EU and everything like that. You know, because every time I have guests there from the United States or or UK, and, and sometimes I have my cat who just decides to jump and open my door as soon as I start recording. I'm sorry, comrades, it is what it is. But uh, I do have some actual news for you today about the weirdest stuff that has happened. For starters, Russian opposition hates my guts at this point. I'm writing an article for Foreign Policy magazine about about Panyatia, and I asked a lot of opposition people to explain, you know, their opinion on this and what they think about all this stuff, but, uh, well, I got a response from one, and that was surprising to me because that, that one person was Maxim Katz out of all the things and uh, another person whom I've actually been following for a longer time and whom I've had like a larger respect towards to uh, Michael Naki that is I'm gonna still follow him and just that you know I'm gonna unclick my some support uh, stuff but he he, he managed to, to mention something called a Dutch handlebar thing, like a weird. He he tried to offend me by mentioning a weird sex thing that I'm supposedly involved in, and and it just had another proof about how Russian opposition is just like weird sometimes. And even though I don't exactly like Maxim Katz, not a big fan of his, I do have to give him credit for being the only person from that whole mess of people who are constantly wankering about, oh, how nobody nobody's explaining how Russia works and how Russian culture is to the Westerners so that the Westerners don't understand. Well, then when I try to approach them, they just send me away and it's just, uh, yeah. I don't know. Maxim Katz at least, you know, responded and, and said something that was decently usable. So that's that's a bit great. But, you know, they're just Twitter troubles. I have still managed to upon my return on Twitter, which you should find because my username is Torkomara Stark, but you should just Google up Kristaps Andres until you'll find it. I have been managing not to get not to get banned once again and, uh, you know, focusing on, on what matters. I am not being loud and not arguing. I think that's the important part. That was the answer to people who um, wanted to know about this. <sighs> again, the cat. But, uh, okay, let's get to the news, because we have some interesting stuff happening today. For one, a former law enforcement officer was sentenced to seven years in Russia in penal colony, don't know whether it's red or black one, for private phone conversations. But um, the fun part was that these were qualified as public since his phone line was tapped. 
Yeah, uh, see, a Moscow court, court sentenced Simiel Vidyal, a former captain of the Interior Ministry's internal service, to seven years in prison for quote-unquote spreading fakes about the Russian military. The prosecution had sought a nine-year sentence for, for Vidyal, charged with disseminating false information about Russia's combat operations. The case was based on three private con phone conversations in which the defendant expressed personal opinions that, um, quote-unquote, contradicted Russia's official position on the war on Ukraine. And uh, again, because Vidyal's line had been tapped, the prosecution deemed these conversations to be public. Because you in private can say anything you want, uh, but if it's in public, then uh, discrediting is a bad thing. And you're in public if they listen to your phone conversations. It just... It is what it is, basically. Vidyal come under surveillance in connection with a 20-year-old murder case in which three law enforcement operatives had been the victims. According to the declassified case materials, the detectives believed that Vidyal might have had information about the triple murder. Vidyal was taken into custody on March 18, 2022, becoming the first criminal defendant under Russia's new law against military fakes. Although he had filed for a legal name change in 2005, well, uh, case materials refer still to him by his old name, Sergei Klokov. And you know what? He might be involved in some sort of weird criminal thing in the early 2000s, but um, the very fact that in modern-day Russia, if you're being tapped then um, that's a public conversation. Well, I guess uh, all of my show is public conversation as well. Someone's listening to it at some point. I don't know. That again, I shouldn't really worry about being banned in Russia. probably already am anyways. Then we also had some information about Putin. See, Dmitry Peskov, uh, Putin's personal mustache, and, uh, you know, someone who speaks for Putin, called rumors that Vladimir Putin has body doubles a lie. His remarks came during a speech at an educational marathon where leaders in culture and business, such as they are there, speak on topics like artificial intelligence and intercultural communication. Quote, You have largely heard that Putin has a large number of body doubles who appear in his place while he sits in the bunker. Just another lie. You see what kind of president we have. But he is in fact a, as, and uh, this is a direct quote, as mega active as ever. It is hard for us who work with him to keep up. Interfax quoted this. Peskov also said that Putin has no health issues. Quote, his health, God willing, you could only wish for yourself. Of course, he's never sat in the bunker. It is also a lie, and you can see that yourself. It is clear, he added. And, uh, well, what can I say? I mean, we know he's been in the bunker, we know about his quarantine, we know that Peskov lied at least in the part about no bunker. I would 100% guarantee that uh, if by this point everyone else is picking up on the duplicates and body doubles, and I've been doing that since episode 21, which got into got, got me to some hot wire with all the, uh, all the issues there, right? Uh, then, uh, yeah. Just another proof that he actually does body doubles, otherwise, you know, not like Peskov ever tells the truth. Peskov always lies, as we have noticed in previous episodes, and seems that he's just trying to justify some other things. But here's the most important part, and this is not about Peskov or anything like that, this is about, um... This is about Jack... 
Texeras, I, I, sorry, weird, weird name. Jack Texeras arrest over the publication of classified documents, which you know were so quote unquote shedding light, as my my media sources uh, like to say, on the United States intelligence assessments of the Ukraine war. And uh, my colleagues at Medusa, well, one of them, Andrei Petsev, spoke with a number of anonymous insiders in the Russian government, the Kremlin, and state-controlled media. And I know the guy, uh, he's really reliable, so I'm just using his material here and translating it for you, because uh, my own sources were, well, quite silent about the situation, but uh, what could I get is that they confirmed what he said, so therefore I'm pretty, pretty secure in telling you about this. He basically spoke to all these people trying to grasp what consensus members of Russia's political establishment had developed with regard to the leak. Its real motives, plausible effects, and all that stuff. And, uh, quote-unquote, as he says, and I believe him, by the way, a source two handshakes removed from Putin, for example, encapsulated what seems to be the most widespread impression. Quote, the West and even the United States are not that single-minded about the war. What other informed speakers had to say about the scandal, scandal, you know, happens once again to say a great deal about how Russia's elites think about the outside world. The thing is that, yeah, they, um, you know, they got this idea that um, we're not all united. It's because, again, not, not like these people who are politically close to Putin have any idea what's actually happening. And I can speak about this freely because I know for sure that at least my contacts, none of them speak English. Some of them own houses in the United States, mind you, none of them speak English. One of them is even a United States citizen, and he doesn't even speak English. So I, I don't know what's happening there. Probably lots of money. Just, just say. And, uh, well, my friends in Medusa, they discussed the United States intelligence leak with a number of informed sources close to the Kremlin. And all that stuff, and basically all the sources that whom they spoke with, with condition of anonymity, of course, said that they were certain that the leak is only, quote, to Russia's advantage. Two sources close to the presidential administration said the Kremlin generally used the leak as something that Washington knew about and deliberately ignored. They are also convinced that major American news outlets wouldn't have published the leaked intelligence documents without the express permission from Washington, D.C., now, I can tell you this is wrong outright because I've been to Washington, D.C., and this is the most boring place ever to be in. And, uh, well, if if the United States media actually publishes something only after Washington's permission, as Russians like to say, then uh, I will just lose insane amounts of respect towards them. I just don't wish to believe that because I do believe that at least some of them are valid and actually trying to bring you some good good information. Like I said, again, so I think. Although uh, these people with inside sources have no supporting evidence for this view, they believe it to be true based on their, expo uh, their own experience on how the pro-Kremlin media operate in Russia. Their expectation is that major United States outlets must behave similarly. Now, this is a very formal statement, but what this means is that, in Russia at least, Kremlin gives out these, you know, propaganda statements each month, or sometimes even weekly, or sometimes even daily to important news outlets, and then, you know, they can explain the party line and everything that's happening there. 
again, and we mentioned we've mentioned this before with with Alexander and and with with Andrew and everyone that uh, you know Russian elites still have hard time believing that anyone could have actually some real say or real opinions, and that is just so stupid and that's their will that's their one weakness. So even in this case, they truly believe that everyone in the West were all paid for, even me, you know. Uh, I, I wish I'd get some CIA money, thank you, but uh, sadly, no, sadly, you're funding me. This very, this belief, the fact that something can happen because out of, you know, in a way that's not exactly prepared and planned by the central government, that's beyond them. On the other hand, a different source, apparently, in the Russian government does not share this specific idea. In his view, the publication of classified documents in the United States probably means that, quote, Pentagon must be a mess. Just like Russian Defense Ministry. Sources in the Kremlin, nevertheless, think the extensive leak signals that the West is a bit tired of the conflict between Ukraine and Russia. They wants to hint to Ukraine that it's time to soften its position with regard to peace talks with Russia. Now, that's all uh, a lot of wishful thinking, but, you know, we should be happy about that one. Another speaker who is apparently close to an entrepreneur from Vladimir Putin's, in, Vladimir Putin's inner circle notes that the West is not devoid of common sense. Quote, the front line is stuck, there is no movement, he observes. The, if the Ukrainian counteroffensive doesn't work out, Russia's negotiating position will strengthen. Other informed speakers close to the president's administration believe that Russia's negotiating position hasn't changed at all. Putin still insists that Russia must get all the now-occupied territories if a deal is to be negotiated. One particular source close to the Kremlin notes that the leak and the information purportably showing the Ukrainian army's weaknesses can be effectively sold to the masses through propaganda. A speaker close to a state media outlet, Meneva, meanwhile, says that the president's administration was quick to tell the propagandists that Russia had nothing to do with the leak. The same source suggests that a number of pro-Kremlin journalists had at first chalked up the incident to deliberate mis misinformation. After Jack Teixeira's arrest, though, they changed their minds about that. A Kremlin insider also told Medusa that the Russian establishment was, quote, hardly surprised by how well-informed the United States turned out to be in regard to the Russia-Ukraine conflict. Referring to the way the Russian elites had been taken off guard when the war first broke out, he said simply, quote, they knew, but we didn't. His evidence is the string of pre-war publications that sounded the alarm in the American press. A number of speakers agree that the Russian elites are all waiting for the counteroffensive, so-called promised by Ukraine, as they call it. According to Ukrainian defense intelligence chief uh, Kirlo Budanov, the Pentagon League won't have any effect on this Military plan, these military plannings. At the same time, Medusa's sources, by the way, they don't feel all at, all at all sure that Ukraine would be able to cope with a transfer of initiative on the front of, to Ukraine. One of them is particularly skeptical of this official pep talk. Quote, the defense ministry might say, might say we'll push back, but who knows how it's all going to be in reality. Ukraine is in bad shape. We, we might be doing even worse. And I have to agree with that, because, again, cat, cat, go away, please. I have to agree with that, since Russian situation isn't isn't that great at all. I'm going to finish my article now uh, on the Russian panyatsi and everything, but I want to finish reading what what Girkin also just posted about his you know club and everything. Besides the manifesto, they have now 
posted 39 questions to the Akhraniki, the guardians, you know, uh, in the sense of um, security guards, how they call the Russian establishment. And I, I have to yet to read that whole document. I don't think I'm going to record and translate all of it because it's a long one. But I definitely want to give you some some broader insights of what they what it says because once again, Girkin knows his military stuff. Everything else of he's totally nonsensical. But military stuff he does understand, and I want to focus on that part. However, that's gonna come after uh, I don't know. I get my Zach episode finished because Anat is doing that, and I have a lot of things to do, a lot of interviews and all that. But. Um, well, we are all on the edge. I, for one, am recording this at 2.30 a.m. in the morning because I am still waiting for the Ukrainian counteroffensive. But some of my sources, who might said in one way or another that it could happen like literally tonight, which is why I didn't sleep, were uh, not exactly correct. At least I think so. But um, yeah, I'm keeping up with everything. Russian opposition hates me. Some people don't even listen to me and they don't really understand what's happening. I think the condescending part is getting to them. And also the fact that, uh, well, you know, while they were in Russia, they uh, had a lot of supporters and subscribers and all this stuff. They're used to being being the smartest man in the room. But um, was that out out here? Sure, I am. I I can, you know, just compete with them in subscriber accounts. I I don't, I'll try to beat any of them like I do my Latvian colleagues, but... But one thing I can say to them is that uh, they, for unknown reasons, think that I know nothing of the matter, even though I have been just reading their own stuff. They just decide to, you know, pretend that we Latvians are not smart enough, once again, so to speak. But, uh, you know what, I'll manage. It's going to be great. And that's it for now, for for today. Sorry again for this being so late, it's... uh, my nose and the cat and everything, but I uh, just wanted you to know about how uh, your conversations could become public just because just because someone wiretaps in them. That is what it is. Do svidanya, And once again, happiness is mandatory.